In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. What does it look like to be yourself and live in the freedom of Jesus during those middle and high school years? In her latest book, Be Loved, social media influencer and speaker Emma May Jenkins chronicles her high school journey through sports, work, school, friends, and even navigating the lunchroom, all while living out her faith. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome Bo Landers. Bo is discipleship and teaching pastor at Cottonwood Creek Church in Allen, Texas, which is just north of Dallas, where he has served for over five years. Bo gets to work with young families in various other discipleship tasks through the church. He's also currently pursuing a PhD in theology from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. Bo and his wife, Sarah, have been married for eight years, and they have two little boys and a little girl on the way. So congratulations, Bo, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Champ. Excited to unpack this one. I am thrilled to have you here. I've been looking forward to this. I got to know you a number of months ago, and so I'm glad it all came together. So, Bo, what verse do you have for us? Yeah, so uh, I I have uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans 12, verse 1. So um, let me read that for us. Uh, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true worship. All right, there's a lot of big Bible words in there, worship and mercies and sacrifice. So, Bo, why right. don't you just take this verse, and if you were explaining this to one of your boys, how would you put it in your own words? If I kind of put it in my own words, I would say, therefore, because of everything that we that was just laid out about who God is, uh, about the gospel, about Jesus, about His Spirit, because of all that God has done, Uh, We are to use that knowledge of God as the fuel for living a life of obedience. So uh, to use that knowledge of God for the fuel of obeying God and to be set apart from the world, because that's truly what worship is. Okay, that is great. So let's look at this verse again. I want to read it again so it's really firm in our minds. But before I do that, this is in the middle of Romans. So give us a running start. What's the context of Romans 12.1? Yeah. So when we look at the therefore, um, it's helpful to kind of run backwards. And so Paul has been building and just breaking down sort of theological barriers, so to speak. He's been he's been uh, running through what is the gospel? How do we believe the gospel? All of those things up through uh, chapter 11. And then in chapter 12, he takes the turn and he moves into the practical. Hmm. And so uh, this is kind of the turning point verse where we get to see, okay, how do we put all of this theology we just spoke of into practice? Okay, so because all this is true, Romans chapters 1 through 11, now we live a certain way. So Romans 12, 1 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So when he talks about like a living sacrifice, why does he use that terminology? Why not say, I want you to obey Jesus? Why does he say living sacrifice? Right. Uh, so it, it, it's interesting. So th- this verse kind of 
was put into my life in my call to ministry. Uh, and it's sort of been a deep conviction ever since. And so uh, part of it is that in pursuing all of these studies and pursuing who God is and pursuing, say, the, in, the mercies of God that he just spoke about, mm-hmm. um, one of the important aspects is that the more that we know and the more that we love God, the more that we live lives of obedience to him. And so this living sacrifice is is that in view of the sacrifice of Christ, we are to offer our lives as a sacrifice of worship. And so um, that's what's really been helpful just in my own personal ministry, because uh, you know it, uh, but as you get sort of bogged down in theological education, as you get bogged down in Bible studies and maybe uh, (laughs) church, uh, you know, all the time. We, we find ourselves just sort of sitting under the word, but this verse is saying, in view of those mercies that you've been uh, pouring over, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, offer yourselves in that form of obedience. So sometimes we can get lost in the woods of Bible study and forget that God, there's a path through that woods that God wants us to walk. So in this verse, where does Jesus come into it? Is this something that Jesus does for us and now we do for him? I'm assuming that's not what you're thinking, but how does Christ factor into the way we're supposed to live out this verse? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, uh, as I said earlier, so in view of the sacrifice of Christ, we're to offer our lives as a sacrifice of worship. And so this is not obviously about somehow sustaining our salvation, that our actions don't save us, our actions don't sustain our salvation, but our actions and obedience are an outpouring of a proper understanding and love of the unmerited grace and mercy of God. And so, in some sense, it it presents this twofold challenge for us, that on one hand, we have a call to love and know God more and more each day, and this becomes uh, sort of one of our driving principles as we learn and we teach theology, and we learn about Christ, and we love His mercy, and we love His grace. And that theology begins to determine our worship, uh, that we can study and meditate and think on the big things of God, and it fuels our obedience. Uh, But then on the other hand, right, we also see that the end goal of our pursuit of knowing God is a life of obedience. And so as it comes to Christ and what He has done, it's important, yes, to understand the atonement, to understand His sacrifice, understand all that Christ had done in His life and in His death and in His resurrection, but that that then is our fuel for a sacrificial type of worship and obedience back to the Lord. So Jesus and the good news about him, that's like you just said, that's the fuel that energizes and motivates and really makes possible any type of any type of obedience we have toward him. Uh, Kind of an analogy that I use for this verse is that as Christians say, we're called to make a fire. Uh, So you have the spark, you have the flames and you have the heat of the fire. Mm. And you can picture that as a life of obedient worship to God. And so the knowledge of God is the fuel for that fire, so to speak. It's the, it's the logs to the fire. Hmm. Yet sometimes we then try and separate our worship and obedience from God. It's sort of like uh, building a fire with no fuel, right? So mm-hmm. we, we have these sparks and we have these flames, but we have nothing fueling the fire. And we're just based on maybe emotionalism or various other um, just sort of uh, quote unquote worship filled things without any truth. But other times we do a great job of sitting through Bible studies in church and other acts of piety, but it doesn't actually result in a life of obedient worship. And so Mm. it's like collecting all the firewood, putting it in the fireplace, and then never lighting it on fire. Mm. And so uh, with each of those, I think it kind of shows us both sides of that, uh, that we need the fuel, but we also need the fire. And the fire is our obedience, and the fuel is a knowledge of God. 
So that's such an important balance to strike. And once again, God's word is so accurate in striking that balance of how we should live. If you were to explain this balance to your boys, they're young, hmm. uh, what would you say? So they're in the car with you and you're talking about this verse in 30 seconds, Bo, what would you say? So what this means for our little boys is that because, uh, you know, maybe us talking through God and what He has done in our lives, we say, well, when we obey, say our parents, or when we obey, when we do what we're supposed to do, uh, we do that. And that's actually how we love God more. That's how we worship God more, is by um, listening and obeying what God has done. We've been memorizing little verses, little chunks of verses. And the one for this week is, um, uh, follow the Lord in all of his ways, looking at first Kings two, three, and it's a little paraphrase, but, um, our, our boys are getting this idea that we, we, the best way to love God is to follow God. Um, and so that's maybe how I might address just at least a portion of that obedience aspect. Bo, thank you for your time today and being on the podcast and for reminding us about what a pivotal verse, literally, in the book of Romans and for our lives. Would you just take a moment and pray this verse for all of us as we close? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your continual revealing to us. Lord, I pray that our knowledge of you becomes the fuel of our worship for you. That our, our, our knowing you and desiring you and our affections toward you Uh, turn into a life of obedient worship. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.